I'ma just go right in You know, you, you know Yeah Money can run everything Growing up without it for sure It can ruin everything Self-esteem low Threads I'm rocking I see the gangs And Goldie and rings Call them kings on that corner Not descendants of a slave what, what? We greater than what history that made us We greater than prison Won't let it chain us New generation of thinkers Not perfect, we sinners We know we falling short For the record we own Guinness Know these new leaders see me They see a menace Try living being the only one You know the one pull that trigger And damn it to my brother self-hate I say my niggas, degrading while addressing them Simple ways they'll kill us We waking up, waking up, can't afford to sleep I got babies, what I'm teaching them The essence, what they shaping up to be In a world full of people who sleazy Living with no purpose and living without a dream See, it's hard to love a person like that Who don't know what they could be If they look inside and react to what is true In fact, all of us is made in this image Yet we sleepwalk, living life of privilege Yet we skate through it, moonwalk Sleep with others we don't know them Don't know it's real We could be sleeping with demons But all we see is thrills Baby mamas, courtrooms You know this trail And kids suffering Cause we fucking and never hell I was, I, I thought we were just gonna have a nice show With uh, our friend Nico on today But we might have to engage in a uh, You know What's one of those things Uh What Uh uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm, I was just thinking. I'm blanking on the word there. <laughs> yeah. you, you know, when, when you uh, have to get a person off of something, you, you are you breaking? Are you breaking up? I think you're. I'm not sure if it's you or me that's breaking up because you're choppy. It's, it's probably me. My, my signal is good. Though. I don't know. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah. I'm a sick. We just had a guy from Comcast come over here because the you know the signal just uh, Wi-Fi just been continually giving me agita. But uh, yeah, the signal the signal what I'm reading looks strong. But intervention is the word I I was thinking of. We may have to give you an intervention since yeah, yeah. Uh, you have you going through your issues and you know and, and seeing how. You know, Lord Jamar is uh, currently streaming with Judge Joe Brown. I think we, we may we may need to get extra dramatic to compete with that. Like this. Okay. That's also on YouTube right now. Uh, okay, yeah, it's a lot of crazy things going on in the world, man. I saw that's, the, uh, that's what I, I'll get into that with the title of today's show. But uh, uh, five, five. Yeah. Well, yeah, with the title, you, yeah, you have to fill me in because I know seven thirty. What seven thirty mean? I ain't know what the what five thirty mean. But anywho, well, it's five thirty for you, but for for me, since I'm the host, I'm going by my time, which is seven thirty. But oh, okay, 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 gotcha. Okay, all right. <laughs> we have seven thirty. For for those who don't know, who aren't nineties hip hop heads or whatnot, uh. 730 is slang that emanate out of New York for for and, and, and it's, it's a shorthand for crazy. Now I thought I don't know where I heard this from, but I thought for the like up until just like a couple minutes ago that it was based on the hands of a clock mm -hmm. and how you know how the the hands look you know just akimbo is would be a good word. You know, from the seven and the thirty. Yeah, you know? but I just I um see this the this the problem when you search stuff on Google you come up with all that, 
Like I put in seven thirty slang in Google, and it has you know uh, people also ask and to drop things, and it says what does seven thirty mean in slang? And the first thing it says is that seven thirty means crazy and originated in New York, and it says it comes from the city code used when a perp suffers from a mental disorder. So, you know, it uses a lyric. It doesn't cite where the lyric's from, but it says, they say I'm 730, say I spaz out. So I guess that makes sense, too, because a lot of slang has come from, you know, police codes and stuff. Yeah. I, I thought it was always, like, the the uh, the clock thing. I I never knew where the hell it came from. Like, <laughs> you, you know, yeah. you, you're one better than me. You researched it. Yeah, I, I mean, hey, I'm, that's who I am. But, but uh, also, uh, what was on my mind though was the the God Hour, as it were. Go shout out to yeah, the, I thought the about gods that. Of the earth. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, I was gonna was gonna spend a little time even uh, with our guest too. I wanted to kind of talk this with him with you know, with Neat with uh, the 25th anniversary of It Was Written. And that's, that's a line in the, in, in the album, uh, Watch the Niggas. My Movado says, seven the God Hour. Well, that's if you follow the tradition started by the school not far from the Apollo. Yeah, yeah, I remember Scott using that on, on uh, I think what Money taught us. And, I mean, yeah, a lot of people referenced the line, but yeah. Yeah, yeah but that's the original line. The Nas, yeah. Yeah, and, and good you mentioned Sky. We got uh, again Sky Zoo uh, will be on this show on Monday, uh, yeah. twelfth. We're excited for that. But uh, yeah, just uh, I don't know. But I guess in sort of reflecting the times, there's a lot of crazy stuff that is going on, and unfortunately, you know, for my last show, a little pop up that we did last week with Gabe, weekend Gabe. You know, after he left and we was sending it off, we was kind of warning people or, you know, just, you know, telling people to speak to their better judgment over the, over the holiday and stuff. And, of course, I, that, I, I, that I saw the case the, in, I, yeah, not I, the case I, in Chicago. I saw that there, I don't know, some Paul, Paul Vallis posted pictures from Facebook. It's really funny how just things go in cycle. And I just remember back when Paul was the CEO of Chicago Public mm -hmm. Schools back when I was in. And, you know, I, he, I don't know if it, I remember anything special about him as, you know, the uh, superintendent. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think this is his second run at trying to be mayor. And, like, he posted something about, like, all these people jumping on a, a squad car. Like downtown yeah, or something like that. Nice, yeah, a bunch of teenagers downtown got you know. Yeah. And the bad thing about the city is like it's getting a bad rep. Like I saw a video on Instagram about essentially this dude in a charger trying to like ram a squad car. He was playing. He was playing. Not, I don't even. The term chicken is even the wrong term because he was literally, you know, <laughs> trying to accelerate. Chicken is. Yeah, chicken is going head first until. Somebody, as as somebody can and avoid it. Yeah. Somebody veers off, but yeah. like he was with a Georgia st uh, State Trooper, and the Georgia State Trooper had a gun on him, and he was like, and he was trying to accelerate to like you know push his car out the way, and I guess at some point, I guess the State Trooper's car knocked his over like a concrete median. It was like in a mall parking lot, and he took off running, and somebody posted like 
you know, Atlanta ain't been the same since the Chicago dudes came down here. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. I was like, that's like, like one, one as bad as it is. I'm like, I'm not gonna let y'all talk. It's like the 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 mother, yeah. the mecca of. I say the mecca of, of, of niggers' behavior in a major metro probably started more in Atlanta than I would even say Chicago. Chicago's kind of, I mean, Chicago is what, black Chicago is what Atlanta is without opportunity. And I mean, like, the difference between Atlanta is that you have professional mobility there, where you really, in a lot of cases, don't have as a black person in Chicago as nowhere near as much. You, 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 like, have, black close, people control. you have it close to a real establishment of black wealth. Wealth, yeah, exactly. A centralization so of black wealth that you have and, in any other. And, 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 and you still mad niggers in some places. <laughs> in I'm like, so I was like, y'all had no excuse. You yeah. have, but you have, like, like it's really interesting. Like, Atlanta's one of the few places, like, they have a black, all black commercial real estate company. It's like nowhere else in the country they have that. And that's doing well. And that like represents like you know Google and Amazon like those people. So I mean those companies where you have nowhere else in the country like you have an established black middle class that's existed probably for like the last fifty years. You don't have that in Chicago. It still looks like it's from the nineteen eighties in places in Chicago. I mean in Atlanta in Atlanta Metro. You don't have that in Chicago. So, like, to make the argument, but you still have, like, extreme, on on the sides of it, juxtaposed, you still have, like, extreme ratchetness that, you know, may exist in Chicago, but it exists based upon poverty and lack of opportunity. So, it's like, to to just say, hey, things got bad because you Chicago dudes start coming down here. That's like, that's incorrect. Y'all been... We're we're an easy scapegoat, and it's, it's unfortunate, you know, if, if black folks are saying that, because really they're picking up on the sort of talking points of, of conservatives. The yeah, right. the news and conservative whites and stuff. Like, you know, it, for real, it's like... It wasn't bad to you. I came down here. Yeah, we became the center of, of, of all of black America's woes because Obama came from here, you know? At least, you know, as he matured here as a politician. And uh, you know that became that's become the talking point ever since he rose to power, and it's still you know we don't help ourselves a, a lot with a lot of what we project, but at the same time, like you say, you can't. You're a, a, a city like Atlanta has established. They had they had fucking they had the, the fucking uh, big beach down there, man. How you gonna talk about? <laughs> Chicago niggas coming down there and and, and changing around stuff you, that they had. You had a heat, yeah, I mean, like you had freak, you had freak Nick for damn near twenty years. Yeah, like you had a hedonistic party for twenty years, and people look back on that finally. I'm like, the whole you have things that we, you know, you have a deregulated government, which we don't have in Chicago. I mean, it hasn't helped our crime issues, granted, but like you, you know, it's seems like there's anything goes in that market and in that area and you can't at the same time you have break you have a lot of more economic opportunity there than you do in Chicago as an African American. And mm-hmm. you know, it's like so you can't solve you you but though there you have the they have issues that have dealt with crime and violence and all that other stuff like that and education issues historic, you know, despite having that those high concentrations of black wealth 
they haven't been able to resolve. So I'm like, you're just not going to say in Chicago. Chicago is, unfortunately, I call it you know, just the shame of major cities just because we had, until recently, a majority of people and still treated as third-class citizens a lot of cases um, just because okay. of racial segregation and you know disenfranchisement. So anywho, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just I look forward to seeing good news come from home, but it's just like that's, yeah, Jesus. that's the problem. Whenever you hear news, though, like today I saw it on, you know, of course I see it on the local news, but the national news picked it up too. Um, you know the uh, the ABC uh, nightly news picked up that a hundred people got shot over the weekend and all this stuff, and a couple of a couple of uh, ATF officers got shot. Uh, At the Morgan Park Station, yeah. Uh, oh, you know, in the morning. So, and all this happens at the same time that Biden comes into the area. He didn't come to the city, but at, at least not. Uh, at least they. I, I don't think he did at all because they would have showed it. But he flew into O'Hare and visited uh, Crystal Lake, which is in the suburb. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, like Crystal Lake in Chicago is like. It's like comparing. I don't. I, yeah, I'm like you. It's like you comparing um, Haiti to a damn resort city in the Dominican Republic or something like that. I don't know. I'm just comparing. It's like it's it's two different worlds. I mean, yeah, like, it's so, not. It's, it's people, really not. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, it's really no connection. It's just you know geographically is nearby. But the and that, but that's the thing. Like Biden didn't come to that area. He didn't come to this area to really combat anything that was going on in Chicago. He came here to talk about his uh, plans with a uh, free education or something like, you know, cause they got a, they got a community college up there and he visited the, he spoke at the community college. And it's, it's some, it's some fluff. It's some relatively fluff he, stuff. He, he, but he yeah. from DC to a juke, to a juco and crystal lake to, uh, you know, implement his, you know, College education plan, pretty much. Ain't, yeah. ain't enough JUCOs in DMV area to, to to pitch that. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you gotta uh, press the you gotta press the flesh. Even though, well, I guess McHenry. They were talking about McHenry County isn't like a a democratic stronghold, even though the rest of most of Northern Illinois is. But you know. But I don't know. I don't, I don't know why exactly he came to that area, but he uh, but he had to he had to deal with Chicago stuff too because Lori came to O'Hare and you know whatever you know got on her tippy toes and spoke to him and, and um, on the tarmac and you know I, like, I don't I don't know what that conversation is is amounts to but we need they're we, trying they're trying to get they're, yeah they're they're trying to get they're trying to get tanks to come to the south side, but uh, essentially, so they won't martial law out here. But uh, we, we, let's get to a little bit of that with our guest. Uh, he's uh, so uh, you know uh, he joined us here, and uh, we're, we're glad to have him on. A, a great uh, you know a good friend of ours, a, a really great artist representing uh, Chicago here on, on so many levels of the hip hop scene, and. Uh, this is the man, Neek. What's going on, brother? What's good, y'all? How y'all feeling? Can you hear me? Yeah, we hear you. Uh, well. Yeah, you sound, you sound good, bro. Okay. What's good, y'all? How y'all feeling? Looking good, too, man. How you doing? 
I'm doing good, man. Just I, man, I've been on the go, so I was I tried to hurry up and get home, make sure I got set up for, to get online. So yeah, you had, you had. I'm the only one who wasn't rushing to get here. Dave had to rush to get from a doctor. And you you was rushing from making your moves. So I, so I appreciate both of you guys making the effort so that we could we could do this show. We've been talking about it for a little while. So yeah, you know, man. Uh, it's always good to connect with y'all brothers, man. I love y'all dudes, man. Man, we love love you too, bro. Appreciate you, man. And so much, uh, you know, always great to build with you. You know, like I say, you're, you're, you become a stronghold, a, a, a constant here in Chicago from the hip hop scene. And, uh, you know, just like you and, and your crew as, a, as, you know, yeah, you got a crew, you know, the gold, gold standard click and all that. And mm-hmm. all you guys who you most collaborate with, Phil Moore and yeah. Rashid and Taiwan and uh, you know, uh, sincere and uh, all you, all you cats, man. You, you know, you guys make the type of hip hop that makes me yeah. proud to, to say, you know, this is the shit that's coming from Chicago, and there's it's not too much of that. Is this not this, right this, now? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I got respect. I you, got respect got... for all. The, I got respect for all the brothers who are trying, and, and you know, coming out of the city is not easy. And, Especially the ones who ain't trying to tear other people down while they do it. But mm-hmm. you know, uh, like I said, if 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 things were right, if I controlled things, a lot of the uh, the shine would be coming off of some of these other uh, people and and be focused more on what y'all and what y'all doing. But you know, I, I know the you know that time will come, and you know as it is, you guys I know getting a lot of attention and uh, still you know getting a lot of. Uh, uh, plaudits and, and, and good uh, good re- good re- reception for your work. So you know, I'm glad yeah. to see how you guys are moving and, and you know just the, the growth that's come from your artistry. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, when I look at it, is the the way I see it is, I focus on the people who focus on me. Mm-hmm. You know, if I mean, I think people got a choice. You know, for whatever reason. If they're not rocking with what we're doing or what I'm doing, I'm okay with that. Like, I'm, I'm totally fine. I believe in free choice. People can, you know, support and, and like what they what they want to like. Um, so I don't spend too much energy on who's not rocking with me or who I think should because I think it's a waste of time. You know, I remember those days where I used to be frustrated, like, man, why such and such isn't supporting me the way I think they should or, you know, yeah. how, you know, in, in that fashion. So today, I mean, it's enough beautiful people that's really rocking with us and that's going to help us elevate and continue to grow. So I'm, I'm happy about that. You know, guys like you, Kyle, guys like you, Dave, this, you know, they got a platform like this is bringing me on to this, allowing us to come together and speak. This is what I live for. And this is what I'm grateful for. But we, we definitely glad as long as I have a platform, you know, I'm always glad to share it with brothers yeah. like you and you know you specifically, because I consider you a friend, but you know, brothers like you definitely. That's, that's part of why I still do what I do. And and it's tough because, you know, in, in any type of way, when you independent dealing with independent media, very you know, whether you're an artist, whether you're a journalist, uh, yeah. you know, broadcaster, you, you reach those points where you sort of feel like, man, what am I doing this? Why am I doing this the way am I doing this? It does not reach uh, it's you know, you, you question the reach that you have and yeah. you just you know, you, you have those doubts. I can relate. Yeah, so I'm not, I'm sure. So it, it's 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 kind of tough to push on, 
But you know, you if you have that that urgency inside you in that sense of uh you know purpose, you know, you always should. That's what I would give that's the advice I would give to anybody in that situation. Just keep pushing and do the do the work from you know within and not try to you know try to get your try try to seek your validation from within and not yeah. from outside. You know, it, it'll it'll come. If you if you exactly. really about what you're doing and you you know are real about it, you know, it'll come and you'll find other people to connect with, uh like you say, who value who value what you do. Yeah, I, I think it's important and I've I've been doing this early, probably over the past year. Uh I ask myself and I have to remind myself what I'm doing it for. So I ask myself that question, like, you know, what are you doing this for? Because I think it's good to answer that question over and over again, because it's constant evaluation, it's constant inspection, so you can make sure your motives are in the right place. Because when you start to find yourself not being as motivated, uh, getting frustrated at a lot of the external things that's going on that you can't control, I think it's just good to go back to the basics and just ask yourself, like, why do I do this? What's the point? What's the purpose? And then, um, you know, you just go from there. And I think when you answer that question, you can have that fresh revelation all the time. It keeps you inspired and it keeps you motivated. Dave, you want to say anything right quick? Oh, yeah. I mean, no, I wholeheartedly agree with all of that. I, you know, for me, what Kyle mentioned, you guys are some of the, the bright spots in the city, especially the music right now. Um, Yo, staring at the ceiling, fan trying to catch the feeling. Outcast rapping past 30 years unappealing. Everybody reaching for levels is billboard. You know you made it when it's something they kill for. Famous, same OG, now but life changes. Unfamiliar, these bright lights, they yield strangers. Penning autographs, man, and getting my aimless. Time flies, the routine, the flea Satan. Any day now, I tell myself, gold gramophone polished on my mama shelf. Tuxedo's front row, nominated the wealth. Got gold diggers and foes. I'm addicted to quartets, know what's coming soon, seeing days like this Prayer rugs in my living room, I am convinced I won't see the beast Belly of a capiche, just scheming on my soul with hollow tips for teeth Word the fiasco, recycle the lines, change lives For the people that Basquiat flow, just know life bigger than yourself Heavy is the crown, rocking it, do it to death what? You seem to really be trying to touch on some elemental things or you know yeah. life really is really focused on a lot of things that are you know basic in life and this is where you know when you really get to true artistry mm-hmm. you know you don't, your concepts don't necessarily have to be so grandiose you know right. when you're making music you can just speak to the most simplest things but do them in a way that it is it can be so appealing and do and really just make you whether it's a song that makes you want to dance a little more or nod yeah. your head or, or just sit back and really take it in and and sort of exist all in your mind that's definitely the type of stuff that you could do so but i was wondering because i talked i talked i remember talking to you before Quesbar, Quez right yeah yeah and you know now i'm talking to you and uh you know uh right after uh 
give give it to me again, Dave. In the sky. In the sky. sky. <laughs> like, first, first off, you know, beyond the the foreign, you know, the use of the foreign uh, languages, which is something you don't necessarily get from a lot of MCs. Is there any ties between these albums? Is it thematic or otherwise that you that you are feeling, or and just your processes from the way you created them? Is there any ties that you have that you formulated with these albums? And you know, what what did, what did they both mean for you no, at, okay. at this point in your career? Okay, so uh, it's, it's three parts to this. So. To give you context, like you were saying, you said you noticed that I started to deal with like the basic elements of life, yeah. talking about music. When I used to approach rap, when I used to approach making music, I was always thinking about, man, I have to be one of the best out here. I got to be one recognized for one of the best, for my lyrical ability. And what I started to realize is I was rapping for everybody else and not rapping about what I really felt. So I was so concerned about what other people thought about what I was saying instead of actually getting to the root about what I wanted to say. So I had to switch that mentality. And I was like, okay, who, like, what do you feel? What do you want to talk about at the rawest level? And I would just write down words and write down different topics that I would want to talk about. And I just made songs out of them. And to add on to that, that's when I started getting really heavy into production. Because for the most part, Rashid Hadi and Slade handled a lot of the production for my projects. Yeah. So when Quesbar came around, I, I did, I produced the whole thing. So Yeah, that, that that's right. Part. You did. That was your first, yeah. Right. That was my first introduction to producing. And, and I, I always love live instrumentation. I always love adding live elements into hip hop. So I got a you know, shitload of musician friends. That as I was producing the record, I was bringing them along to kind of just give me a different sound that I wasn't used to, but to kind of carve out a signature sound of man, this is neat. This is how he sounds. This this is vibe. This is energy, and you know that's how that album came about. Quest Bar, um, Innistad. I wrote that in the middle of the pandemic. So today's point when you talk about I can hear the struggle, that's what was going on. That my my senses got really highlighted to what I was seeing outside of my house. So as I'm going down 47th Street, or I'm going down, you know, uh, 53rd and Halstead, or if I'm riding around downtown, I'm going by Orleans where the old Cabrini Green used to be at. I'm starting to see the disparities between what Black people are going through from a socioeconomic standpoint in comparison to, you know, the things that we not even paying much attention to in the pandemic like we losing our mind we not our our you know our sense of self is being questioned you know mm. we starting to our identity is being challenged all of the things that was normalized is no longer safe so you hear a lot of that in the project so that's kind of where i was mentality wise on on Innistad. and then i produced the majority of that one as well uh rasheed produced on there a record and Slotty produced uh, on there as well. He produced the record. But that record was kind of more stripped down, less raw, I mean, more raw, not too much instrumentation. It was just really, really heavy sample based. And it was just, I wanted to get straight to the point. I didn't want too much other elements kind of interwoven in, into the, uh, the concepts. I just wanted to get straight to the point like, man, this is what I'm feeling. Old sample chops, like on a song I did called What's Really Here. 
I just literally just described the whole neighborhood. That's it. That's yeah, I was gonna say that's something that I, you know, it's one of my favorite songs on the album, and that oh. sample is. So yeah, that, that one got played on repeat. Um, but yeah, and you, and you say the the project wasn't even conceptualized before the pandemic. Was was it? Were you thinking about it at all? No, when the pandemic, not at all. Wow. No, so and you released it like in December, right? November. November. Okay. So so basically around March, February, March, I was getting ready to go back on tour. I was getting ready mm -hmm. to, to do some spot dates around the country, and I was getting prepared to go to Italy in May. Oh, wow. Pandemic hit. Obviously, you know the story. All of that shuts down. So at this point, it's like I'm sitting there. I'm like, man, I, I mean, I'm so shell-shocked with what's going on. I don't even know what to talk about. And then after a while, you know, I just got like a burst of inspiration because actually, to be honest with you, I, rec I recorded Innistide during the pandemic. And I actually have a, my next album that's getting ready to come out. I recorded during the pandemic. So I ended up recording three albums during that five, six month span because it was like an overload of feelings that was coming out. And it was therapeutic for me, you know, in a way. But I wrote Innistide pretty much at that point because it was just like, I had time to sit down. I had time to think. I wasn't distracted by anything else, you know, because we was all at the house. You know what I mean? We was all on lockdown. So right. I, I just went to work. I told myself, I was like, if once this thing passes over or once we start to loosen up, I'm not coming out of this thing with no music. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not doing that. I was like, if I'm going to do one thing, I'm going to make music and that's what I did, and that's how those two albums. Well, in this Quest Bar came out 2019, but that's how it yeah. is. And a new album is get, is getting ready to come out uh, in a little while. That's those two joints got made at that time. Well, we definitely gonna talk about what you got coming up, but uh, I want to go go back to that initial those initial feelings like you had about you know a year and a half ago when everything shut down. You know, like you, you were embarking on some new, exciting things, touring, like you said, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, trip to Italy. Man, I'm not sure that would have been exciting for you. No, it's but, still uh, in the works. It's just getting rearranged, you know, like. They, yeah, just pushed it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. But, you know, how, how did you take it at first when it was, when it was like, you know, when you knew that this was going, because I know for me, man, it was like, uh, you know, when March, like through March, I was pretty much straight, but there was sort of like a time in April going into May where I kind of shut down. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't know what it was wow. like for you, but, uh, you know, we was on it, the same page. It took a little while to come out of that. We was on the same page because yeah. when March, because at the end of the when when March came, it was kind of like it was a lot of ambiguity what, what was going on. We didn't know what was going on. All they mm -hmm. were saying was, okay, the COVID-19 virus is spreading, and you started things slowly shutting down. And then after a while, it was like, okay, everything shut down. And New York was shut down. Chicago was shut down. Detroit and all of these other cities. And then all of the opportunities you had was put on hold, especially in our industry. You know, the music industry was completely shut down. So... Mm -hmm. At first, I was like, okay, you know, let's see how this play out. And 
and then maybe like like to your point around April, and when they was constantly talking about there's no end in sight, yeah. and it was just kind of like, wow, is life really about to change to the point where we have no idea what's about to come? We have no idea, like all of the relationships, all of the things that you built up, it's, it was like a gridlock on them. So it was like, damn, is this like all that hard work for nothing? You know, like yeah. when I'm getting, a, I'm getting an email from the promoter in Italy, he like, man, we got to shut down the tour. We don't know when we can do this. I'm like, out of all the times, anything can happen. So I was kind of like you. I, I, sh- I shut down for a little bit. I would say between April to about the end of May. Then I started getting inspired again. And that's when I started going, you know, really recording really heavy. You know, I got did did that did that come in conjunction with some of the uprising and upheavals that was going on? Oh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It was like it it was just kind of like with with a lot of the uprisings and and the things, especially around the time when George Floyd died, it just made me realize what was really important at the end of the day. You know. And it was like, okay, what is really important right now? <laughs> you know, I can't control what happened in the past, and I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but I can, I can decide how I want to show up right now. And I told myself right now, I'm going to express myself. I'm going to continue to work on my craft, and I'm going to continue to improve the best way I can. And, man, I, I mean, our whole collective, man, like she recorded like two or three albums during that time. Fillmore probably recorded like four. You know, I recorded like two and a half. You know, so we were like really like engaged with our art because we just had a lot of stuff to say. I'm pretty sure everybody had something to say. But it y'all, was- y'all all have come out with stuff before the pandemic ended. <laughs> yeah, all y'all did. So, yeah. yeah. So that, that's pretty fruitful. Yeah. Yeah. It, so to your point, yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the stuff that was going on around that time, you know, it kind of it lit a fire in all of us. Yeah, and and it's you know, I, as a thoughtful, you know, uh, conscientious brother as you are, how do you sort of navigate or negotiate that? You know, being, you know, that things are, and and we're gonna talk about this in a, in a second here about how things have been going more currently, but. You know, when you have to, you know, I guess I guess that's part of the reason why artists are here, why we need artists in, in moments like that that we had last year and, and even currently, you know, to be able to speak upon the, the negative things or the, the, the transit transitory things that are happening in these these things where you know the average person can't really speak on them as eloquently. So we have artists to speak on them more eloquently. But, uh, you know, you still have to go through those things and see so much pain and suffering in the world. Like, you know, the pandemic itself, we lost, you know, thankfully we're all still here, you know, to see this point where we're getting past it. But there still was a lot of loss, human loss. And, you know. uh, Lost a couple of people in my family. Yeah, me too, man. And, you know, there's a a lot of people lost less important things too, you know, businesses and such, but, you know, a lot, it, for a lot of people in a lot of ways, it was, 
I was going to say, you know, when you was talking about how coming to grips with the changes that were going on, it's hard not to think in sort of apocalyptic sort of ways, you know. And, you know, for a while there, it really, like you said, it seemed like we may reach a point of no return. You know, mm -hmm. I think about it now, like, even though, you know, again, we're dealing with some shit now, but <laughs> yeah. you know, we're still at a, we're sort of at a point of normalcy again. And I think to get at this point at, you know, again, just a year and a half away from really a, a really bottom point, you know, it's sort of a miracle to me. And, uh, you know, it, it, I, I, I said a year ago, I wouldn't have thought it. You know, I, I thought we would have had a longer way to go than we did. Oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was, even in my industry, they was talking about live shows wasn't coming back to the middle of 2022, if that. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, there was like, a lot of projections like that, yeah. Yeah, so, and it's like now, I mean, people have full tours right now. And I'm kind of like, I'm not there yet, but, I mean, it's promising to see. I mean, I think with everything and us coming back into a, a level of normalcy, I, obviously there's a lot of economic interest with this. A lot of people got their interest in getting Um, I just think that at the end of the day, you have to go back to what lessons that you really learned through all of this. Because if you don't come out with some form of wisdom or some form of new way of thinking to for the better moving forward, man, I, I feel like it's almost wasted time, man. We got we got some precious stuff during this time as well. We got our time back. So we were able to really like recalibrate ourselves and really focus on the things that were important to us, you know, to our growth and our evolution. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Nick, I wanted to ask you two quick questions. Um, the first one being, you know, one, and I don't know if you get this question often, but I mean, we're with Chicago rap, you know, people, there's, there's two, I'll say there's at least two camps more than, of course, two camps. But it's really, but I'm really interested in learning what makes people's tick. And we all grew up in the same environments. Yeah. So, and just, we may be a little bit older than the people that's on the radio, but, but not by much. Yeah. But what really, I think, for you caused the distinct, I guess, the, the difference between going in that route to what, you know, pop the, you know, I guess the content that's, you know, on mainstream radio and whatnot. Like pop culture. Yeah. Well, not even pop culture. I mean, Chicago rap is different than pop culture. Yeah. I mean, pop culture rap right now is a <laughs> strange, amorphous, you know, thing that kind of appeals to, like, a lot, you know, younger uh, yeah. listeners. Well, it, it, it takes from a lot of different areas and different, you know, we talk about uh, in geographic areas and different scenes and stuff like that. Hip, like the amorphous point is is very you know is very you're very on with that, Dave. But yeah. I think a lot of Chicago stuff is influenced the heart of what you know hip hop is for at least for the kids. It, it, the it, kids has, the world, you know. it has, but the point is that you know the predecessors you got i mean you 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 got so for chicago a lot of chicago rap is based upon 
what is he? I don't want to say man on the street. What's going on outside the door? And 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 not the best parts of it, right? And it's normally still appealing to you know I don't say the the violent aspects of it. There there are rappers from our generation in Chicago rap that focused on that. I mean, a lot of them may not be here to still talk about it, yeah. but or that or they may not still be active. But the point is, they existed at our time, right? So any especially especially if there's a generation that's older than us, of course, the twisters, speed down mobsters mm-hmm. that existed. What made people like you and you know just the gold standard collective in general say, you know what, we feel for the same environments that y'all come from, but we gonna do what we're focused on, you know, presenting our our art in this manner instead of that. Right. So for me, I mean, I was never that type of guy. You know, I wasn't a heavy street dude in the sense where, you know, I could, I've been around it. I've seen it. I know what it is, but I never gravitate towards it. I always had like a bird's eye view when it came to that type of stuff. I know guys who had a bird's eye view as well, and they decided to portray an image or try to be a certain way because they thought that that was the way to get accepted. They thought that that's what people wanted to hear. Um, and then you just get to a point where you like, you got to be honest and authentic with yourself. It's like, if, if you hear anything that I make or, you know, anything I produce, I want you to know, like, that's me. I don't want to put on a mask and try to pretend to be something or tap into a different energy. It's just not me because it's not going to uphold at the end of the day. And, and guys like you, David, guys like you, Kyle, like y'all authentic as well. So you'll see that you'll be able to look at that and be like, that don't, that's not adding up, you know? So I just always wanted to be at the end of the day, just me. Whether you liked it or not, at least you can say, look, he is being him and he is being him 100%, you know? Because I feel like I, that's the only thing that's going to last at the end of the day is your authenticity. And, you know, it's, yeah, I mean, you can go that route and you can talk about things in a street way where you're trying to, like, you know, portray an image or try to, you know, boast yourself like, you know, you're not afraid of nothing. You ain't fearful of nothing. And you're trying to show how tough you are. But that's not you. I mean, people going to test you on that. But look what, man, we yeah. talk to Chicago. They going to test you on that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, wait, wait, no, wait, quick, though. I, I hate to interrupt you, but I got I to gotta get this out right quick. Oh, no, you good. <laughs> now, I'm talking, I'm talking about Dave. Dave, by the way, yeah. that's a great question. Yeah, it was. It was. And before you say the second one, this is sort of a natural follow-up to that. Yeah. Uh, you know, have, have you had people who sort of, you know, played that street role more and been in the street life a little more, you know, whether they were connected to you already in your life or people who just, you know, come to you, you know, on, you know, on the humble or whatever that, that you found has connected to your music and, you know, it's sort of surprisingly, you know, or, you know, just say in, in any way beyond ex- what you would normally expect. Because because I say that because I think when you go back into the history of hip hop, you know, hood, you know, w- regardless of how hood or how tough you were, or, you know, there were guys of that nature, could uh, they always were artists that they gravitated to who were sort of left of center and stuff. Like, yeah. like Tribe and Daylight, like take your pick. Like those, they were hard dudes within those camps. Yeah. But there were also people who gravitated to those to them who you may not expect. Like you know, or, or who were playing a role even 
like you know, yeah. like the, like a yeah, like you know, Lupe, yeah. Or like I'm thinking of like Dre saying how much low end theory influenced the crime, like mm -hmm. stuff like I, I don't know. Like it, it, I'm just getting back to the, the meat of the question. Yeah. You know, have you ever have you had found that you've had some connections with people who were maybe like say quote unquote street or hood or thug or whatever, you know, and, and to your stuff? No, absolutely. I mean, like I especially like on like like cast like I think real gonna recognize real anyway. Yeah, and I did a lot of cats don't like the type of music that we make. It's kind of like you don't really see a disconnect from older street guys from the music that we make. You see a disconnect from the younger generation because the younger generation feel like that the older generation is kind of like downing them for the type of music they make or the sound that they have. So even they like it. It's just like, but they like that's y'all. And I still rock with it. But where that resistance come in is because they think we downing them. You know, so when it, when it comes to the street dudes, yeah, I mean, they still hear the words and they still hear the lyrics. They still rock with it. They recognize it for what it is. For most people, they look at stuff like that from marketing perspective. They look at it like, oh, I like that, but it's not a radio hit for me. Like, I know mm -hmm. I have to make this type of song to be able to generate this type of following and get these type of people to rock with me. So I feel like with a lot of street dudes, it's not that they don't like it. They rock with it. They fuck with it real heavy. It's just that when they look at it, they like, well, he's just staying true to the underground, you know. Yeah. Them, they like, I rap over that, but that's not gonna get me to the bag. That, that's that's there you go, and that's the see. In the end, so much of it is about what's gonna get me to the bag, what's gonna get me to these bras, what's gonna get me to that rap, that rap plateau, that rap lifestyle. That you know again that you know, that's the lifestyle that Dirk is after that Polo G that uh, Herbo and all that you know all them cats who are representing the city heavy now across the you know across the country and stuff that's the life that they have gone after and so the cats who the average cats who come from this city who don't have necessarily the thoughtfulness that you have or others like you. In the end, for them, it's all about yeah, get what's gonna give you to that bag, what's gonna give you that fame, what's gonna give you that that lifestyle. The police authority don't like exactly what we do or the way we live. We actually don't like the way that we live. But when you pushed into a way of life, when you when you forced into a way of life, I ask if you leave. Uh, infinite liquor stores, beauty supplies who floor from China weaves galore. Bundles, liquor port on street corners, vacant lots, buildings broken down, roughing cops, blue and whites are from the ops, running wild. See the addicts that used to be leaders, and then the 80s hit them, left them on base. More than Derek Jeter, crowded blocks of people, Inglewood, L Town, Newport shorts on the trashy ground, broken glass, broken spirits, the broken last through generations. Chicago riots, kings, riots, denominations, churches is everywhere. 
Seeing me apostolic Kojic Lacking knowledge Dropouts Stones used to ride for wallets Brothers missing summers Come back trying to move the product Homies left them Urgent need for dollars It's hard to make it here Ain't no employment worth taking Can't take that Wendy's gig Lower wages no option To make a living with three or four kids They'd rather move weight Risk it all Live in court and do the bid Sirens going off Gunshots Prostitution Selling body parts Faulty ground Constitution Smith and makeup Back at it Alley traffic Overwhelming the action is pornographic It's like this hell we ain't called our religion It's more shootouts than my members That's Sicilian Politicians see it No legislation to fill a void Want the ghetto voice but avoid it It destroys every feeling we feeling We're living life until our last breath Was really here Life in the form of death Things have started getting into behaviors Routines, protocols, sets of understandings Challenges intellectually, cognitively To gradually grow themselves into a higher position until niggas do that this shit is never gonna stop and about a lot of rappers being more i guess focused on whatever you know approach is going to get them to the bag quickest i think there's a bit of a bit of a you hit a spot hit head on the head correctly because there's a, a way where you can one be truthful and still be technically skilled at it and that's what Rolf Rashid and uh, Fillmore is real good at there's nothing you know they don't they don't shy away from telling what's their truths and what their experience is but at the same time they're able to do it with a high technical level of skill and that's I think a lot of times where the young boys lose me and the thing is they're not deviating from what was done before them I mean historically you got the you know you had rappers on the west side you had Twister you had Speed Night Monster you had people that had technical skill and could be able to talk about, you know, what street life was and yeah. be able to do it in an articulate storytelling uh, form versus what's now, where, to be honest, a lot of what's pop- popular really seems to be catching the listeners in a state of inebriated. I'll be honest, either drunk or high. I mean, I'm going to just keep honest with you. Hold on. You're right. And I mean, and and that's the thing about it is that a lot of the music that's geared towards the youth has some, like, levels where it's like you have to be under some level of substance to be able to appreciate it. Like, I can't appreciate it. I don't know. That's sober. And Dave, a lot of their reference points, they don't stem past a couple couple years ago. Like, like Keith is is almost ancient to them now, and that's going back to, like, 2012. Like, that's that's like us looking at 86 as uh, a time of... uh, of a golden era or a time where hip hop first emerged at a certain point and to, to something that we came of age in for a lot of the kids who were making music. Now they look back, like say to 2012 or something like that, or 20, 2013, 14, like that's their reference point beyond anything beyond that is the stone age. And that's, and they don't have the, and because of that, they don't have that's they, they're not students. They're not, they're, they don't have the the references, the technical ability, like you say, Dave. Like ID, of course, ID, of course, knows everything about music from the past five, six decades, and Fillmore knows anything about any MC, you know, from you know any generation of hip hop. So they're studious in that way, where they can reference anything and do anything that they want within that tradition of hip hop. And if people, if people just 
I think I think I don't know. I don't know if the kids think it's restrictive or like like Neek, like you say, Neek is they feel they're attacked under attack by our generation and other. But it's like if if you study the hip hop for real, they would know how much is like how how it would open up so much for them creatively if they studied hip hop from the nineties and really studied from the nineties and the eighties and. All that stuff, man. It, it, it would be so much better for them, but they don't if, care. If the niggas study at school, it would be better for them. I mean, I'm not even <laughs> going that true. far. I mean, like, it's just really just saying. I was at one of Dave Helm's shows out here a couple of days ago, and ultimately he was telling me, you know, he was making a joke about his students uh, making fun of, a, I guess, a student in a wheelchair and him saying that, you know, he called him half transformer. And then he was like, no, before you get mad about it, he was like, this is pretty ingenuous for students at, at high school at a third grade reading level. And that sounds like a joke, but, you know, back from my time when I was in the classroom, that's real. And, it, and that was several years ago, so it's just got perpetually worse. And there's a lane, and to be honest with you, there's a lane for, the, you know, I don't say drug rap, but, and, and I don't mean drug rap like trap rapper, I mean drug like you on codeine rap. And, yeah. but it's the thing is, it saturated the airways. I remember like 15 years ago, I told an uncle of mine, who was my, I guess, you know, for a hip, earliest hip hop influence, you know, that I like 3-6 Mafia, and he was like, you into that Dauphine rap. And I was like, and I had never thought about it at that point, but like mm -hmm. at the time that hip, Three Six Mafia was big. They were the only people, you know, rapping about, you know, drinking, sipping codeine and whatnot. At least that was on the main levels. Texas, it was, you know, some guys out of Texas. It hadn't blown up to that, you know, to popularity. Yeah, we yeah, we didn't know them for that stuff yet. Right. Yeah. So, like, outside of like sipping on some scissor, is twenty years old now. So, at the you know high school, early college age, you know, that was what you know. That was the only frame of reference that I had, but now it's everywhere. I mean, and I think that's the point is that it takes it, it takes it takes away from you know their ability to be able to say, hey, you know what, maybe we should explore other things than what we got going, you know, than just this drug rap. Because I think and it as a listener, it makes it really difficult to be able to have appreciation for the younger generation. I mean, if they're showing some level of technical skill, you got your know, what is it, a core day. I mean, you got a handful of the younger guys that are doing that, but the re but the majority of them are just focused on either rap that just deals with, you know, just abject violence or just dealing with just heavy substance abuse. And you yeah. mentioned Keith. I mean, Keith is, I think, struggling with his lack of relevancy now, and that's the reason why he's heavy in the drug use as it is now. I mean, and that's what you see what happens to a lot of them is that the one-hit wonder, so lack of a better term, or the, or the limited, you know, stand part of artists once they you know burn out they start leaning more into like the substance abuse and that's the reason why a lot of them have actually have died in the last several yeah, we, years we I mean, you know and Damn, uh, uh, gun violence or yeah. juice world uh the people uh, a, 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 a couple Fredo. people out of uh fredo a couple people out of what's the new york camp i can't think of his name the um dang it um the, it, it, the, the they're not young anymore. Not Sorry, no, I was thinking of Pop Smoke. Yeah, Pop Smoke. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, a lot, uh, uh, um, a lot of you know, there's a lot of rappers that yet yeah, that just if they if they're not getting killed, they having issues where they die from substance abuse, and at an alarming young age. And like the reality of it is, it just 
it, it's, I mean, it, they don't understand that there is like a, where an area where you can what be you know cr- create good music and it not have to just be so limited to this one thing. Whereas I gotta listen, I gotta be high to listen to you. And then the second part I was gonna ask you because you kind of kind of focused, kind of touched on it with the uh, you know getting your bag is the you know one thing recently that I thought was impressive that was interesting that hopefully more rappers you know, kind of, you know, get jump on the bandwagon, especially with COVID, even with COVID's restrictions, you know, loosening up for those who don't want to tour yet is doing the online concerts. Like Freddie Gibbs just did an online concert and it was a little weird, but at the same time, you know, it was $20 to see him online for 40 minutes, just rip the stage. And I mean, I think that's a big revenue stream that a lot of people are not taking advantage of. You had told me about that day. I didn't wind up seeing it, but where where did he wind up doing it? Uh, some place out here in LA, some concert. It was like a regular type of venue. Yeah, I mean, it was nobody there. It was just him and his DJ going through yeah. songs, him ripping on an empty stage. But for the, you know, a lot of people that were commenting on it, they was like, you know what? It was a well spent. It was a well spent money. And for those who are not comfortable with going back into like crowded events, mm-hmm. you know, I think that could be a great revenue stream. And they still want to see their people perform. I think that could be a great, you know, just opportunity. Nico, um, I want to talk about some of your plans that you have for the, the near future of going forward as far as uh, performing go. But uh, that first, did you have you thought of anything? Have you had had any thoughts about maybe doing any virtual shows or anything of that nature? Or has anybody approached you? Yeah, with well, I, like well, through the course of the pandemic, like I was offered to do four, I only did one. And okay. actually, it is today's point is it is a lucrative thing. I think that if you have fans online and you got people that want to see you, I think. Even before you say, hey, do I want to do it? If you're not sure, ask them. Ask your fans. Put the question out there. See what people say. Because you may miss out on an opportunity that people will want to see you perform live. They may not want to go out to crowd. They may not want I, to with that. What a, yeah, I mean, I don't, and I, and I, I would assume that more of it will go to you. I, more of it will go money. More of the proceeds will go to you as an artist because there's less overhead. I'm assuming there's no security. There's no. I mean, you're not renting the venue the same way. There's no. What is it called? Bar, uh, cover that you have to. Meet. No, it, absolutely, it is going to. You. I, I think that. See, and this is why it's important to kind of take a step back and evaluate where you are as an artist, because right now, okay outside is opening back up. So you do get a lot of venues who are approaching approaching us right now saying, hey, look, come perform. You know, we'll give you a date because they're trying to fill their calendar up too. They've been losing money too. So, but you got to know your fan base. You got to be in tune with them to say, okay, do they want to come back out? Or they may not be ready for that, but you can still host and do different things that can still, you know, build a level of connection. Mm-hmm. You don't but people don't feel like they're at risk. Like, for example, I had uh, with the Interstate, I released a vinyl and I had a, a panel discussion. So it wasn't yeah. a performance, but I was able to bring in a limited crowd and we was able to just talk about the album and kind of, kind of had add to. I had Obari Cartman and I had uh, Augustine, you know, heavy educators in their own right. But that was just as fruitful as actually doing the show. You know, so you just got to... Yeah, that, that's what I wanted to get into. Like, I, I was going to go right into that. Like, most artists wouldn't have thought of something like that. Like, that was, like, you know, I'm, uh, you know, 
We've spent a year and a half not performing. I'm gonna have a panel discussion, <laughs> you know. Oh. <laughs> you know? But it, it was it was cool though, and like the spot you you know you, the spot you had it at was cool. Six oh six is a, a nice uh, nice uh, record shop out there yeah. in uh, in Pilsen, and uh, you know I I I, 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 I say I commend you. I I wish I could have made it. I wanted to, but uh, it, it seemed like it was pretty good. It was raining real bad that day. Yeah, it was a it was a it was a wet day that day. Yeah. Yeah, but that, that I mean that's kind of like my thing was if I'm gonna do something physically, like right off the back, I just can't go back doing the same thing that I did already. I mm. can't be that selfish to think that people haven't been dealing with stuff. So why would I want to just be like, oh, we about to pack out this hundred and two hundred place spot and we're gonna go right back to where it was it's like go back to emporium was it like, no, yeah. right because people they may not be ready for that or some people are i mean you know give people a different perspective give people a different experience they appreciate that they appreciate the fact that you put thought into doing something different that they can benefit from you know what was the discussion like at the uh you know, with with Obari and Ad Two and, and and everybody at this at the event. No, it was it was really good. We focused on the thing from the actual album, and we centered our conversation around that. And the, you know, by design, we I mean not I mean by not our own. For some reason, we we went real heavy talking about youth and how the way in which we live our lives, how that influences them. And how we need to be better stewards of our lives instead of pointing the fingers at them and saying what they're not doing. So it's like we, hit, we you get a lot of heavy criticism from the older generation about how, you know, these young kids are wild. and they they doing all of this crazy stuff in the street, which is true. It is very true. But they learning it from somebody. Mm. So, if you know, we was talking about self-accountability and, and not think that to make change and to make these different uh, changes in our neighborhood, we think we got to do this big grandiose, you know, pass a bill, get the aldermen involved in all of these type of things, which we do. But ultimately, it's just the small things you can do. Mentorship, you know, uh, figuring out how to sow back into your community through donating your time, you know, donating your time and energy at your local church or your local organization or Getting to know the alderman, understanding the the political, economic, you know, aspects of your community. Just the small things that we don't think about that we can really start to really make a difference. And that's kind of where the conversation went. And you know, you know, Ad, he runs Haven Studios yeah. right out here in Bronzeville. So he was just talking about how much, you know, people will approach him and say, Man, I'm glad you're doing what you're doing. And he's like, Yeah, you glad, but why don't you help me? <laughs> you know, why don't you inquire about what it is that these kids need instead of looking at the news and saying, man, these kids crazy, you know? Yeah. So, and and you know what? The accountability thing really resonates with me, man, because I look at these reports now and me and Dave were talking a little bit about, you know, coming out of the weekend and everything and the numbers and the way Chicago was depicted and stuff and, you know, all you got to do is say these numbers, a hundred people shot, you know, nine people dead, whatever, you know, and it, it it's the same stuff going over and over and it leads to 
people painting Chicago a certain way, and then then yep. the, these narratives they take root, and then and then they become it be, it become that they become the backbone for certain, like you say, uh, you know, uh, agendas to be for, to be formed, and certain certain things where now we're getting people saying, "Oh, let's get the national guard in," and you know. There's got to be something in between doing nothing and putting tanks down, you know, our, 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 our streets and avenues here in Bronzeville and in back of the yards in Inglewood and all these places in Woodlawn. You know, it, there's got to be something in between that. And it really exists, like you say, in places like, you know, uh, you know, Haven Studios and places, places and platforms where people can actually connect with kids and get involved in their lives and not just badmouth them or, you know, browbeat them or, or stand from across the city or the suburbs and say, oh, they're, they're, they're hellbound, you know, forget about them, you know? Yeah, that's what it comes down to. But none of these, none of these people who I see on TV every day, the, you know, this, this uh, commissioner and Lori and all, they keep talking about these other things like, like the the commissioner was uh, keeps talking about how people are coming in and out of the court system and stuff, and I'm like, okay, that does happen, but it's not just this one group of repeat offenders who are shooting people in the city. It's, it's like, yeah, the way they're painted it is like it's the same uh, couple dozen people who are coming in and out of of 26 in California every couple months to shoot people. It's like. No, it, this is this stuff is more widespread than that. It's more about mentalities and access to certain things, and access and no access to other things. Right. It, it, it's these, you know, it, they just are offering no answers and no, and they're passing the buck too. Is what I want really want to say. They're yeah. passing the buck and they're not being accountable in their work, and they're just yelling at each other over uh, across the airwaves and stuff. And it's not leading to shit, but. You know, but one thing I want to—I do want to highlight—is that, and you no, know, this actually did get some play on one of the news stations I saw. Is that in the South Shore area? I can't—I can't be—I'm not sure exactly where it, what exactly it was, but they—they they did limit quite a bit of violence over the weekend. I saw a report on that, mm -hmm. and it stemmed from—I think William Callaway and some brothers down that way. It, they were getting involved again on the on the street level, on a block level, with people and keeping people from getting in contact with each other and getting in in uh, conflicts with each other. You know, uh, you know, we we the city we could go back to the violence and the ruptures and stuff. We know these, we know of certain programs and people who have put their necks on the line to keep violence from happening in the city. But again, we, you know, we don't do enough of those things. We do these other things like, uh, you know, shaming and blaming and passing the buck. I I think, that, oh, yeah. no, no, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was gonna think. So one, it's a nuanced issue, but I mean, the reality of it is, is that it's kind of hard to stop what's happening in Chicago through doing the measures that probably should have been put in place a long time ago. So I mean. It, 
as far as ultimately normally when municipal bu budgets end up, you know, being pinched by, of course, the police and the uh, firefighters pension liabilities, they cut the things that matter the most. I mean, they cut mental health services. They cut a lot of the things that, you know, or and they cut funding to programs like uh, interrupters and things like that and programs like that where they don't where that where the word that creates some type of buffer in the violence so right now things get so have gotten to a place where so bad now they're saying okay we can't handle it let's call in the national guard and then unfortunately also you have an issue where probably local law enforcement feels that they're not being you know treated as they should be treated so there's a lot of turnover and the uh, in attrition and and the uh, local police department, and that's probably also kind of combining where it's just creating this perfect storm, for lack of a better term, where it's just created a, a shit show in Chicago, uh, when regarding violence. So the things that you know the mayor needs to be doing is, and a lot of just city government needs to be doing hasn't been done, you know, at the times where it's mattered most, which is probably during the height of COVID, and as a result, now it may be too late to put in some of the social programs that would probably benefit the city and deter violence. I mean, these are things that should have been done in reality, you know, years ago, if not decades ago. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's kind of come to a head. So it's really hard for them to, I guess, work backwards. And now they say, Hey, you know what? Now we just got to bring the hammer down because we don't, uh, there's nothing, you know, there's nothing else we can do. Well, it, it's, um, Dave, I think you touched on, I think you touched on the two cow. The word is invested. Resources. There is none. So what do you what do you expect if you don't invest in people, if you don't have any resources that can elevate the social capital, elevate human capital to the point where now you're acquiring new skills, you're getting invested in the things that you're passionate about. You're getting access to do the things that can give you a different perspective on life. What are you supposed to do? So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's been a, they've, a lot of that money, especially during COVID, it was funded by the government. A lot of that money went to the police department. Yeah. <laughs> it went to the fire department. So yep. what do you expect? It's a powder keg. I know one thing that, uh, you know, and it's funny, I, I work with this organization as a VP for, um, it's entitled uh, Rebuild the Hood. And we were able to raise $75,000 for a lot of small businesses who got raided here in Chicago because they couldn't get money from the city. You know, so it was like knowing that it was like, dang, you know, what can we do? You know, luckily we found a great partner in uh, law uh, who's a, you know, a heavy fashion designer in Hollywood who helped uh, raise a lot of funds with us. We actually raised over a hundred thousand dollars and we was able to help out a lot of small businesses in the health industry. I mean, healthcare industry. And not healthcare, um, in the health and beauty industry, fashion, okay. industry, you know, things like that, because we just couldn't sit back. You know, it's like, I mean, I don't think that, I think people should just look at things and when they look at life and they look at what's going on, it's just whatever God is telling you, you can do, just, just do it. it. It don't have to be this big grandiose thing. You don't have to create the next high end nonprofit. I mean, it's just that at the end of the day, if we don't do something, like somebody has to do something. And whatever whatever role you can play, just play it, you know. And if you can't, for whatever reason, life is happening, there's no judgment there either. 
Because we all got our stuff that we're going through. We all got things that we're dealing with. It's just that we have to stop sitting back, waiting for people to do stuff for us and saying, well, I can't do this because of justifiable reasons. I mean, that's that's a fact that a lot of money went to the police department. But what can you do? You know, you just got to do what you can do and hope for the best. That's the way I look at it. Because sitting back and not doing nothing is just as dangerous is them putting money in the police department and we not saying nothing about it. You know, it's just, yeah. We know what their priorities are. We know what they're more willing to to tab as, as important and, uh, you know, uh, uh, to bookmark for funds and everything. So we got to, we got to rely more on ourselves than, than we, you know, maybe would want to or, or that we used to, but, you know, a lot of our communities got to come together more, man, and you know, reach out to the to those who feel the most displaced, the most alienated, you know, because I think a lot of those emotions are simple that that these folks are having. The ones who are more willing to to brandish guns and shoot whoever out there. So some people are just criminals for real. Some people out there, they that's their career, and they getting into shit with. Some people out here just bullshitting, and and you know I can speak to, you know I'm not gonna go into much detail, but there was an incident on the fourth, like right in front of my house, that seemed to stem from nothing, and and it all and it came this close to being another the 91st person being shot in the city, mm. uh, was, was it was that close to happening right in front of my my building. You know, so it was. I, I said, I saw all that happened. So it's like a lot of these instances, a lot of these things that happen, like, like they just, they just these conflagrations that just pop out of nothing. And it, it, but it's, but it, it, but it pops. It sort of pops. It stems from feelings of angst and alienation and anger and and just these things that people carry with them for so long, and they have nowhere to go and no one to help them. It's yeah. It's called a transfer. I mean, it's a transfer of anger. It's. I don't know if anybody. I'm. If seen my ratings black bottom, but yeah. you know when. Uh, I guess you know. Chad when Chadwick stabs the uh, guy at the end of the film. <laughs> it's. I mean, ultimately he's transferring. He, it's been around for a minute. In, in any particular case, he stabs a guy not because the guy stepped on the shoe. He stabs it because one his you know his the producer didn't see the value in his music you know and had initially made promises to have him be a star and the reality of it was or his expectation was expectation was that he was going to be a star based upon his talent the music producer said you know brought him back down to earth said hey you know what this is not that really all that great i'll give you five dollars for it and he was crestfallen and it only took that next simple thing to happen for one of his bandmates to step on the shoe and he tra and he transferred that rage or that rejection to you know essentially killing his band miller member and it wasn't the person he wanted to kill he wanted to kill his white producer you know <laughs> if he could but i mean that's not who he could that's not who he could take out his rage on he took out his rage on who was the person that was the closest to him and the person that he probably could take it out on and there not be any reprise or repercussions yeah and I think that's what happens a lot in our communities. A lot of people take out their rage and their frustrations for things that are beyond their control, 
and they ultimately end up taking it out on the people that are closest to them um, for just some really some case, most cases, the most trivial matters. That has nothing, and one incident has nothing to do with the other. Yeah. I mean, in reality. Yeah, and, and you know, it, it depends, yeah. Yeah, and, it's, and the thing is, we, a lot of us think was common knowledge to, like, when you learn something, it's common knowledge to you. We have an internal bias to think that it's common knowledge to other people, and it's really not. So, you got a lot of people who are expressing themselves, like to your point, Dave, they're expressing themselves angrily, but it's so much, it's so much deep-rooted hurt, deep-rooted pain, deep-rooted frustration that's just being manifested in that gun. It's being manifested in that that fight or whatever the case may be. And you know, at the end of the day, it's like you can judge people and you know, we can look at people and say, you know, they shouldn't do this or they shouldn't do that. And I do believe in accountability. Don't get me wrong. I do believe a person has to be accountable for their actions. It's it's on us to improve and evolve ourselves the best way we can. But ultimately, it's only so far you can go to a person who just don't know. Mm. You know, they just like I'm that was a hard concept for me to, to swallow. Cause I'm like, man, how, how you just going to take a person's life or why would you get so upset over something so small? But when you understand, man, how generational pain just keep going down and down and down pain, getting unaddressed, unaddressed, unaddressed. And it's manifest and it's manifesting in the way people are expressing themselves, man, it, man, we need, man, it's small. So people need therapy, man. <laughs> well, well, yeah, I, I, I think that's the point that I was trying to get to earlier is that one is just a, there's a, a, a deep lack of that resource. And, you know, anything during COVID, you know, depression, suicide, alcohol abuse, substance abuse, all this shit went up through the roof. And ultimately, a lot of, you know, governments, you know, on a municipal level or whatever level, they just that's something they fail to realize. They just are just there's a lack of just, I guess, foresight, for lack of a better term, to be able to see like this is the problem that people are dealing with a lot of trauma. People are dealing with a lot of, you know, stress and anger and they don't have a positive place to put it. Does they financially benefit from that trauma too? You know? Yeah, I, 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 I think. I mean, I think they. I mean, they do to a certain extent. But I think we're at the place where a lot of where we've seen a lot of the existing systems of prison, industrial complex, police. That ain't the place to house people with, you know, really in many cases with mental health issues. I think we're finally at that. I think we're finally at that point where we understand that the issue yeah. at hand is that things have historically got so bad that we can't reverse the clock. Um, I think that's part of the issue. Mm. Yeah, that's a, yeah. reverse the clock. Because I, I think a lot of, to your point, a lot of people feel like a lot of stuff is a lot of issues that we have. A lot of people feel like it's a foregone conclusion. Like I don't know how we gonna get through this, you know. So I don't know. I mean, I, I mean it's. I, I mean, I think honestly, I mean, I think with just like with platforms such as StreamYard, with Zoom, the, yeah. with online platforms, there's actually more opportunity than ever. Because one, I mean, there's telehealth. I mean, the issue is one, just making, you know, licensed clinical therapists available to everybody and, and you know, not have it being something that's predicated on insurance. Um, yeah. So that being one thing. 
And then the second thing is being able to, one, make sure that they're aware of it. And then three, make sure and try to get rid of the damn stigma against it. All that yeah. you do when you saw for you week. Like, I got it, you know, over COVID, I got a therapist. And I was pissed off. The therapist I got, it was that right down the street from where I lived um, up until, you know. Yeah. And I was just wish like, damn, I wish I knew about you months or years ago. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, and and it tends to be an issue that a lot of people, especially in our communities, don't think about. And, you know, being from someone looking at outside in, no one has an idea of what the mental trauma it is living in a place where there's violence, where there's food deserts, where there's lack of health care. I mean, like how that takes a toll on you. I mean, we look at, you know, people watch, you know, news, I guess, CNN and things like that. And they're like, wow, it's all this crazy shit going on in these other countries. And I mean, we got some of the same issues right here at home. And, you know, to, I think even what you mentioned on the what would Tupac say or the or what Tupac said and what would Tupac say was like, you know, we got all we're giving, you know, you know, at this point, billions of dollars in aid to other countries. And we got problems here that we need to solve. And, you know, that that is still exists today. And I think that even with a lot of the things that the president's doing, we Kyle mentioned it earlier that Biden was in Crystal Lake, I guess, to talk about his education plan. You really I think that's kind of that New Deal approach is, you know, which was good 80 years ago. I don't think it needs to be fine tuned a little bit to fit into a 2021 America because there's other shit we need to be worried about and making sure everybody has access to JUCO. Um Mm. And pass it and making Juneteenth a holiday. Yeah, like yeah. Yeah. right. right. These, mean, these these on the surface as uh, things. To, yeah. to, 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 token actions. I mean, yeah. it, and that's the and that's the whole thing about it is that both when they people when people pass token laws is that are you know while that are token acts they're seen they're seen by both sides. I mean, there's some or maybe there's some people in the middle that probably say, "Oh, this is nice," but I mean, they're seen, they're they're kind of laughed at, they're kind of looked at by the conservative end, they're looked at by black people who, you know, know know what's you know that I don't want to say are woke, but you know, know what the token act is being, you know, yeah. shown. And I mean, that's not really good to think. If you wanted to pass something, pass, you know, have the true uh, health care program, have true mental health. I mean. All that stuff like that, that's the stuff that's important, man. You know, not this, uh, not a lot of the other, yeah. you know, superficial things that are in place where employment is important, right? I mean, but it's, but it, in a COVID environment, I mean, it's, it doesn't have the same weight that it did even, you know, pre COVID. I mean, people had a harder time finding jobs pre COVID than they do now. It was an article in the, in the uh, paper about there being like, the uh, job fairs at O'Hare and Midway, and nobody's showing up. So, yeah, that five people showed up to one and, and you know, to add on to that, you know, because the thing is, like, there's been a study, you know, with the U.S. Labor Bureau, I mean, Bureau Statistics, where they talked about people have been leaving their jobs in droves. Like, mm-hmm. the, the, I think over the last couple months has been the most people have resigned from work in the history of it being. So there's something going on where people are saying that nine to five is not good enough. I'm not doing it. But, people are looking more to getting their own ventures, or you know, well, so, I, you know. so like what uh, what would Tupac say to your point when we when he talked about we investing in other countries, but we not investing in ourselves. What people are starting to pick up on, like you said, with the token holidays, it's like okay, if you really want to go there, 
then you already know there's a level of neglect that's been done with black people in terms of investing in us. We're talking about land. We're talking about resources. We're talking about education. We're talking about a whole extensive reparations package that will get people from uh, to get people compensated from 450 years of free labor, free labor that built the industrial revolution, that built this country uh, beyond its you know economic uh, wildest dreams. Whereas that if you if you're not having that conversation, then what are you really having? Because at the end of the day, that's what's the real issue. They even talked about it where there's a um, a home ownership barrier with a lot of black people because they're in student loan debt. So it's like when you go into the bank trying to get a loan to get a home, they're like, man, homie, you you a hundred thousand dollars in debt. Well, yeah. I had to because I needed I wanted to get my education. That was the American dream. Obviously, a lot of our families on a in a generalized standpoint couldn't afford college. So what did you do? You wouldn't got student loans. You wouldn't got that money to get the degree to get the job. Or to get the knowledge to to generate a high level uh, income. And, and there's hardly any jobs that are available to us where you don't need a college degree where you can make enough to buy a home. Either. They I used mean, to they used to be jobs like that. I mean, it's oh. to the point now. You people are wondering: Is the college education worth the investment? The return? It, why would it, I, why would it, I it ain't. thousand dollars and then come out and, and they like, okay, you're gonna make. Fifty thousand dollars a year. Excuse me. Not it ain't. I mean, yeah. I, yeah, it, it ain't. Um, <laughs> and, and, and I master's degree, and I'm telling you, it's not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you you got that from DePaul, right? The masters. Yeah, and, and, and the thing is, I love DePaul. I love my alma mater. It's beautiful, great with the resources, great connections. But I'm saying, like, as far as from the educational standpoint, it was the connections that I benefited more than anything than the actual paper of me saying I got a degree. Like, at the end of the day, man, it, I mean, it do, it's not advantageous for them to pay somebody who has a higher level of education when they're looking at you like a labor cost anyway, where they can pay somebody who can do the same job that's going to take less money. It makes more sense. Man. Man, man I would love to, to talk longer with you, man. Uh, we talking just about anything with you. My battery is damn near dead, though, man, so I got to wrap up this show tonight. But no, this, is a, this is an awesome uh, episode. You know, I'm, I'm, I definitely would love to bring you back just to talk about anything, but oh, yeah. uh, you know, whatever you got going on that you want to promote, you know, feel free to reach out. You know already you could reach out to me about anything. So, But to that degree, you know, right quick, you mentioned you got some New projects coming up. To what degree do you want to re uh, release any information about those? Okay, well, I'll, I'll okay. So, I'll give you. I got one project that's getting ready. This on the horizon right now. Uh, I produced the the whole project. It's a project that I did with Rita J. So. Oh yeah, I think I, I think I remember hearing you talk about that earlier this year. Me and her got a uh, project coming out. It's called the High Priestess. I produced the whole thing. Uh, Rasheed okay. Master Executive produced that project. Um, so I got that. Um, uh, and then I also got my next solo project that's getting ready to come out getting Mixer Master. I'm going to hold off on the name and all of that, but it's, <laughs> I'll just tell you like this it's real black. It is like very black. It's black, black, yeah. 
So it's just it's, it's like it's like Alan Payne st standing in front of the red, black, and green. So I'm, no, I'm blackity black, and I'm black, y'all. So it's like it's just basically like all of the stuff we talked about, right? I felt like there's a root to that. There's a root to everything that we do, everything that we say, everything that we experience in this country. So a lot of my songs is tailored around what's the root of all of this. So that's what's up. Yeah, that project is uh is done. It's getting mixed and mastered. Um, we're looking to bring that out in the fall. You know, we think that's a good time to kind of, you know, bring that out and start doing some live stuff with that. Um, yeah, and then I've uh like. I'll say this on Rashid's behalf. He's getting ready to release his album soon. Uh, I produced on there as well. Did a couple of joints on there. Got okay. a couple of features. So that's kind of right now where I'm at, you know, as far as what's, what's, what's coming up. That's dope. That's dope. It's great, great to hear. We're definitely looking forward to all that. Uh, tell the people how to uh, keep up with you and, and your work. Or, you know, Gold Standard Collective, all that. You know, whatever, how, how can you keep up with all that? No, absolutely. You can uh you can visit my website at neek n e a k co.com. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at neek n e a k underscore undefined, just like the word. Um, you can just look up Neek Chicago. I'm on YouTube, Facebook, all of the uh, social media platforms, and uh, yeah. And, and and one more thing, because you know, going back to the event that you had at six oh six, and what was clever about that is that. Like I said, you were promoting the vinyl version of In The Style. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and apparently you sold out the, the vinyl for that, right? The first run. Mm -hmm. So yeah. congratulations on that. Are you, are you going to be planning to do more presses of that? With a, a, that you're doing that with Col uh, Culture Power 45, right? Yeah, well, you know, Culture Power 45 model, if you know them, they don't repress nothing. Oh, okay. I I I know I know they they was vinyls strictly. I know they they yeah. had that too. So so they they they, they curated distributed the vinyl, and once they sell out, that's they whole mo collector's item now. Yeah, they like we don't we don't do digital. We don't repress it. So if you don't get it now, then obviously you didn't want it. That's how they look at it. And See, I, I, lo I love the I love the brothers, man. I, lo I love you know. You, there's some dope people who's putting out stuff with culture power. It's like, man, yeah. like that you got to be on them because, like, because, like, like you say, it's, it's not, it's not. They they don't do things like they like everybody else do. So you got to be on what they doing. And if but if you're not on it, you you know you're missing out on some stuff, especially if you Taiwan, like the type Taiwan. of hip hop we like. Mm -hmm. Taiwan Davis, he he's a uh, a heavy key in that, you know, Infinito, you know, those two brothers, they got, you know, they got, a, they have great minds. They know how to really create an interest in the product. So I love working with them and, you know, they've been a blessing in my life. So definitely going to be some more stuff coming through, uh, through Coach Power 45. And, uh, okay. and on the live show side, man, you know, I'm just, I'm taking my time playing it by ear, but, uh, I def I, I'm definitely sure by the time we get to late summer fall, some stuff will be coming, you know, coming up. Well, that that'll be great. That'll be great. So, yeah, definitely looking forward to everything that you're doing, man. Uh, appreciate you again coming on, uh, Dave. Man, thank you. I would throw it to you for one more thing, but I don't know. I got time. We got to go. I'll just say I'll just say again, thanks everybody who uh, you know support and stream. 
And, uh, you know, you, you'll hear this on, um, uh, of course, on our podcast version on uh, Anchor.fm later this week as well. But keep watching it here on YouTube. Uh, you know, feel free to pass the links along if you if you like what we do. Uh, Monday again, uh, Sky Zoo will be with us. Uh, another in-depth discussion there. So, yeah, D, watch, watch us out. Check us out on Monday, man. I think you'll like that show very much. Absolutely. And uh, that's it for now, man. We uh we going to prepare, turn around and prepare for that show, me and Dave. We'll say back at it on Monday. And uh, Neek, follow Neek, like he said, for all that great stuff that he's doing, man. Definitely, uh, if you love that, you know, true school hip-hop or that real hip-hop, quote-unquote, uh, follow. That's one. Of, this is one of the best sources right here coming out of Chicago. Man, Cal, Dave, man, love y'all, brothers, man. Thank you for having me. Much love, bro. Thank you for coming. All right, man. That's it for now, man. We out in the building. We stay building. Y'all be safe out there. All right. All right. What I'm submitting under, so under in my heart Used to wonder, underappreciate my conundrums With cover-ups not to come from slumber Slip on my own call, destiny I'm withdrawn Years back a king left upon the heavens echelon More than out the window with the weapons drawn Killing brothers pressing on, no funds to right up all these wrongs I struggle daily, see this melanin, don't see my genius Now and then backpedaling the idol serving up this melon When it's white and packs, only here to jail me Living with a vision for tomorrow that won't fail me Price king and firestorm, I is king, so in storm, the vision, something rides on. All I see is legend, I see your heart, and I see a scorn. Declaring Grammys, we hang them high the ceilings at dawn. Women so on, I send a prayer for my deceptive loins. So preservation, no love for my soul, her love for coins. Hate for my spirit, attraction is dead, no members join. It's not the here and now, it's what's forever With glitters never gold, the goal is keep you chained and tethered Tied with no place to fit in The future generation depending on choices you making That that's the cost of living And I ain't gonna fight now like sit-ins I want what God want for me, the highest life arisen One time, I wanna live my best days forever Forever, ever, 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 ever. But if I ever, three times I wanna live my best days forever Forever, ever, 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 ever. But if I ever, three times I wanna live